Just remember, Izzy, everybody can tell when you skip leg day. <laughs> he has, he doesn't skip leg day. I know that for a fact. He Talk to him it. about yesterday. <sighs> Isaiah, Isaiah. Also, I can relate to that other story because if I miss one phone call from my mom, she is about 20 minutes away from mm. calling the cops. Yeah. I I definitely relate to that as well. All right, Isaiah, thank you for that. We will talk to you later on in the show. Right now, we're going to welcome on Ellen Adler for today's edition of Truck Tech. And we're talking about autonomous service, which blends right into that story that we had in headlines with news from Aurora in their launch pad. So Alan's here for our community's feature today. And Alan, thank you for joining us. Good morning, you guys. Good morning. And let's dig right into this because we are talking about now all of these companies finally having to say, okay, we've got our autonomous trucks. They're pretty much close to being done. Now here's how we're going to take care of them on the road, right? Yeah, there's kind of, a, I'm glad you pointed that out, that there's a nice segue between the story yesterday about the autonomous terminals and ultimately analytics, which is really what at the top of the newsletter gets into today. Uh, we spoke with uh, uh, with Jim Lowell, who is the vice president of technology at um, Uptake, which is, a, a I think, they're a, a regular on, on freight waves. Um, Uptake does uh, analytics, uh, predictive maintenance for um, for trucks as well as lots of vehicles. And their latest thing, and this is what prompted the question, it made me think anyway, was they announced back in February that they were going to do um, uh, a, a program, their software package uh, with Daimler Truck, where it could look at 160 different things that might wear out or, you know, go bad on a truck. And that got me thinking, well, what happens when those are autonomous trucks? Well, the answer is pretty simple. Not much. Um, it's about an 80% carryover, uh, you know, in terms of maintenance, because the truck is the truck. It's only what it's only sort of who's driving it. In this case, it's a robot, not a human. Um, there's probably a lot of work that needs to be done around the sensor space because uh, autonomous trucks have so many sensors. Um, and one of the interesting things that that I thought um, uh, Jim Lowell mentioned was you might see sort of a, a reverse uh, psychology in play where uh, non-autonomous trucks might want to start using more sensors simply to help predict things that could go wrong. I mean, all of this gets to uptime. This is keeping trucks on the road. It's keeping trucks from, uh, you know, spending time in service and that sort of thing. So um, it was just kind of an interesting uh, thing to, to inquire about. And I thought he was real helpful. So that leads to news letter um, today. Definitely interesting to see how some of the tech uh, from autonomous vehicles impact non-autonomous for sure. Alan, you also had a story about Volvo. Can you tell us a little bit about what's going on with the incubator they have? Yeah, a few weeks ago, we we talked in the newsletter about uh, Camp X, which is uh, Volvo's incubator, and it's a, a startup helper. Um, this is not altruistic, by the way. They are looking at, you know, being able to take advantage of and maybe even Maybe even productionize some of the things that come out of uh, that come out of these incubators, these startups. Um, it's real interesting because there's been some news recently about um, you know Y Combinator, which is sort of the famous uh, incubator um, out in California. Um, you know, dropping some of its funds, uh, you know, for latter stage companies and things like that. And now you've got a corporation in Volvo, and this started in, in Sweden and this spread to India and to the U.S. 
um, where it is embracing these startups and, and trying to help them get to the next stage. I saw this happen in a much more limited way when I worked at General Motors. The R&D folks there uh, started to work with uh, 500 startups. Uh, it's changed its name since then. But, uh, you know, to get a look at what some of these startups had uh, were working on. Now, these guys don't have runway. They don't have any money to get anything really done. So you can't Take, expect too much out of them. But I think the nurturing of Volvo's uh, undertaking and the fact that they're publicizing it now in the fintech area um, uh, is, is really interesting. And, uh, you know, they're looking at insurance and other financial products, um, you know, to expand to. I think that this is fascinating because it provides just another avenue for Volvo, right, to really kind of wedge their way into, honestly, one of the top OEMs, I would say, probably in the world. When you're looking at them setting an example, is there now a chance for maybe some of the other automakers to maybe copycat a little bit, but take it a little closer to home? I think that this is something that I think a place like Daimler would really have a a good opportunity, right? Well, I think in a one-off basis, Kaylee, that happens. Yes, for sure. Uh, I also think, you know, they all have venture funds, right? I mean, the BMW uh, uh, fund is is well known for in- investing in a lot of different technologies and, and that sort of thing. Um, this seems to be maybe a little more mature. It's been around since, I think, 2019, and it's obviously growing, and, and you know, they're seeking attention for it. Um, I couldn't say what will happen in other places, but I know that these companies are always looking for an advantage, and, and one of the ways to get it is to bring it in-house and, uh, you know, essentially work with these companies, help them launch, and then, uh, you know, oh, by the way, you know, we're right here, and if we invest in you, then perhaps we get to you know, see what you've got. Um, obviously, there's a high failure rate um, with startups. That's one of the things that is endemic to those. And so not everything's going to make it. But I think they've, I want to say that Volvo has uh, graduated, if you will, about 50 startups uh, that are in business, uh, you know, since they started this. And Alan, one of the last things that we talked about with Embark was an unfortunate layoff of around 70%. Can you tell us about the latest that's happening over there? Yeah, I was really sad. I, you know, you have to kind of keep a look at this point with, with Embark. You're not seeing press releases anymore, so you've got to kind of keep an eye on their filings. You know, with the SEC, and and they they filed this week that Brandon Moak, who's a really nice guy, I met Brandon a couple of years ago when I visited Embark. Um, he was the chief technology officer, co-founder, along with Alex Rodriguez, and and uh, Brandon has left the company. Um, the company, you know, is is. Whatever comes of it, if there is something, a survivor company, it's going to look very different from from the one that really did lead a lot of the early developments in autonomous trucking. And, uh, you know, if I sound a little wistful about this, I, I am, because I think they really were, uh, you know, onto something. These are 20-something guys. Both of them are not even in the late 20s yet. And, uh, you know, they, they really you know, had something pretty cool going here. Um, it, it may probably doesn't make it. Uh, the drive this week reported that, uh, you know, they're auctioning off a lot of their trucks, a lot of their equipment, a lot of the office equipment and things like that. So clearly uh, it's going to come back. If it comes back at all, it'll be a shadow of itself or it'll be repositioned into another area. I thought that was interesting that Mike Ramsey from Gartner mentioned that a couple of weeks ago in the Truck Tech TV show. He said a lot of times when these companies don't make it, they reinvent themselves and they become either consultants or specialists in a certain area. And, you know, I'm not sure, uh, you know, how much uh, from a patent perspective or IP perspective that Embark has to offer out there. But uh, what we do know is that there's a lot of really smart people um, that were behind it. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of sad to watch it sort of sort of go away. 
I think that's a really good point is the fact that we can see reinvention and it's almost like a phoenix rising out of the ashes situation, right? Alex Rodriguez, co-founder of Embark, was featured Forbes 30 Under 30. He has been very outspoken about his ideas and really taking the autonomous space forward. Do you see maybe an avenue for him to hop on another one of these autonomous companies and bring those ideas forward? Well, founders have a way of, of founding things a lot. You know, the, the, the idea of having failures behind them, uh, you know, you can look at our own, uh, our own, uh, uh, Spencer Pyland at our own company. He's been involved with a lot of companies that made it and some that didn't. And that's the startup nature. I mean, we, Freightways, are a startup. But, but I think that, you know, founders tend to be resilient that way and they come back and they do, do do other things. I don't know what Alex may or may not do. I haven't been able to talk to him. I hope to at some point soon. But, uh, you know, so I don't really know what's next. I think this is just a really difficult and uh, painful time for them. Um, before we get out of here, I, I, I really have to mention something, guys, um, that's just breaking this morning or last night because there's no more fun than going through a proxy statement to find things. <laughs> but we have yet more Nikola news today. They are going to ask shareholders to double to 1.6 billion shares the number of authorized shares in the company in June. Um, this is a really big deal because they need these shares uh, to be authorized because they've got debt they have to pay for it and they don't have the cash to pay for it. So, uh, you know, this is something that is going to bear watching. I think we may be the first report this today. Um, Nickel announced the uh, retirement of a few directors yesterday, including Mark Russell, the former CEO. That's got uh, uh, that sort of raised an antenna for me because, you know, Mark got pushed out as CEO because he was selling his options. And uh, now to leave the board seems, you know, quite extreme. But uh, but that's what they announced. What they did announce was this the share authorization increase um, that, that you had to find in the SEC proxy filing. So uh, more, uh, more just posted on that this morning on FreightWaves.com. Definitely a big deal here, Alan. I'm sure we'll hear more from you on uh, Monday or next week from that. Thanks so much for joining us. And of course, folks can tune in and subscribe to your Truck Tech newsletter. You bet. And watch watch TV on Wednesday afternoon, Anthony, uh, 4 <laughs> o'clock. Next week, we have Chris Thurmson. Uh, Kaylee knows Chris. Uh, Chris Thurmson, who's one of the pioneers, really, in the autonomous space and the CEO and co-founder of, uh, of Aurora, Tech, uh, Aurora Innovation. So looking forward to talking with Chris next week. Should be a great interview. Thanks, Alan. Have a good weekend. And right now, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more Freight Waves Now. Now. 